battle to find a place to live. I mean, it continues for people of all different income levels. We're watching what has been unfolding as well in the last couple of weeks on the downtown east side, where the continuing process of decampment is going on there. And we heard from Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim yesterday on that, saying that, listen, City of Vancouver workers are going to be on site there every day for the foreseeable future to make sure that the encampments don't start up again. Question still remains, though, where are people supposed to go? So some announcements yesterday from the province on that. So we thought, let's break them down this morning. Joining us now is Ravi Kalon, BC's Minister of Housing. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Kimmy. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, these announcements that you had yesterday. So what is so significant here? Well, uh, we've uh, already shared that, uh, you know, we have shelter space available for people that were moved from the Hastings encampment. But we know that the shelter space is temporary. We need to get people into more uh, stable housing uh, over time. Uh, we have about 100 units uh, coming online every month till the end of June. So we have about 330 units uh, that we expect by the end of June. But yesterday we were able to secure and purchase uh, what was formerly called Chalmers Lodge, uh, 115 units that were made for seniors. Um, and now we've been able to purchase that. And we're hoping by the uh, end of summer to be able to take those units, make them available for seniors that are living in SROs. So, again, creating more capacity in the system to be able to house more people. Okay, so will that be people who are already on a list? Uh, So the way we usually um, uh, flow with people is that we have people go to shelters first where we assess their needs, uh, assess whether they can live in uh, um, you know, supportive housing or if they need complex care housing or in some cases just need some support to get into rental housing. So once they get the shelter, we move them into different types of housing. Now, that being said, once we move people from shelters to, say, SROs or other types of housing, it creates new space for those that may need it. And so these new spaces that will be for seniors will target people who are older, who have been living on their own in SROs for some time, we'll be able to move them into the new units and create new spaces for others that may need it. Okay, so let's talk about the SRO situation because we keep hearing the Premier doesn't like them, we want to phase them out, but where are we at with that? Well, there's a mixed, um, I guess, perception of SROs. Now, there are some SROs that are very old, um, many of them privately run, that are just in bad shape. And those are the ones that make headlines. They're in the news all the time. But there's a lot of SROs that have been renovated, many of them being operated by not-for-profits, that are actually not in bad shape. Uh, And so SROs over the long run is definitely where we want to move away from. But in the short term, we have about 90 buildings uh, located throughout Vancouver that uh, is important for housing people now. And so we've been uh, renovating a lot of the SRO spaces just the ones that we can keep online because we know we need to keep people housed and keep people in- indoors. But the plan over the long term is sit down with City of Vancouver, sit down with uh, the federal government. We're having those conversations already about how we systematically move away from SROs into more stable housing. Now, Minister Kalen, do you also speak with the groups that are running some of these SROs clearly in untenable conditions? Like when you sit down with them, do you say, listen, you, you can't keep doing this? Well, you know, we have. We've sat down with some of the privately operated ones, uh, and, and it's a difficult conversation in the sense that uh, many of them, uh, maybe some of them don't care. Uh, the ones that do care, uh, when, they, when we talk to them about the dollars required to 
fix them up, uh, they're saying, hey, you know what, we may even just sell it and just let developers build it up. Now, that might solve one problem because we need more supply in the market, but it takes away these units that are actually affordable for, for many. And so it's, it's very complex. Uh, it's not as uh, simple as flipping a switch. It's going to take many years. But what we're doing right now is we've got approximately 70 people that were in the Hastings encampment. 90 of those uh, prior to that were able to be housed over the last few months. So we actually have been able to house a lot of folks that were on the Hastings encampment, uh, which is positive. We had about 70. We have capacity in our shelters. Again, shelters is where we have people go first so we can do assessments of where their needs are and then try to get them into other housing. Are you okay with the way this has all unfolded, like with the decampment process? Are you okay with the way the city of Vancouver went about this? Well, the responsibility of the, the encampment and enforcing bylaws is very much in the city's control. Now, I've said many times, I'll say it again, uh, I, I believe that um, the safety issues on the Hastings encampment in particular uh, are real. Uh, we had many fires. In fact, we almost lost a couple of um, uh, SRO buildings because of fires from outside, from the tents and fire going up the side of the building, which would have displaced many, many more people along the way. And we know that the crime challenges, both those affecting the people living in the encampment, but also the community at large, was just at a place that uh, was incredibly hard for uh, first responders to manage. So, uh, so we support the uh, city's uh, assessment that uh, crime and fire were a major issue. Again, operationally, that's up to the city. Our job is to ensure that there's shelter spaces available and there's housing coming online. And we have been doing those things. Right. Are you Have you been asking questions about the shelter spaces, though? Because it feels like there's still a lot of people out on the street who, and we're hearing from community groups, say that there aren't enough shelter spaces for them to go there. Well, the challenge is that um, when there's shelter space available, some people prefer to be outside as opposed to being in the shelter spaces. And, and, uh, and, and we know that's a, that's a challenge, an ongoing challenge. Uh, but our main goal, again, is we have... Uh, 330 units coming online. Uh, so from the 330, 95 of them, we just got occupancy permit on uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, and so we'll be moving people in from the shelters into those. And then we've also purchased additional units that will be coming in the fall. So we are moving people out of the shelters into um, more stable housing. And we'll definitely see some of the effects of that in the next week as more spaces uh, get created in shelters by moving people into more stable housing. Okay, so is it fair to say then, the process as you've described it is, people I mean, who are living on the street, they say they don't want to go into the shelter, they don't like it, they don't feel safe there, but from what you're saying is, it's necessary for them to take that first step so they can kind of get into the system. It is necessary for them to, to take that first step in order to get to the system, but I would also say that the, the shelters are much safer for people than the encampments were. Uh, and I won't repeat um, the, the many stats that you've probably already heard, but surveys done by not-for-profits just on uh, of 50 women um, found that all 50 of them are reported being sexually assaulted in the encampment. And so, uh, you know, we feel confident that the shelters are much safer than the encampments. But of course, uh, you know, not everyone's needs are the same. Some people have been living outdoors away from people for years uh, and asking them to go into a shelter into a confined area can become challenging. And so everyone's situation is different uh, and no doubt the situation on the ground 
uh, with the Dean Campman is challenging. Our and, you know, hats off to our staff who are uh, working overtime just to help people uh, find uh, the shelter space that suits their needs. Um, we do have some capacity. Of course, some are full, but some have capacity, and we're trying to direct people to wherever the spaces are. Okay, and before I let you go very quickly, any word on when we might get that BC Housing report? Uh, well, uh, again, I've, I've said it many times, I'll say it again, which is I believe it's in the public interest for that report to be made public. Uh, but it's important that we follow a few legal steps before that happens. And we're doing that now. Okay, so still the same timeline then? Still the same timeline. We need to follow the legal steps required before we can release it um, by law. And, uh, and that's what's happening now. All right. Well, we'll be talking more about that too. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah. Anytime, Simi. Thanks a lot. Be safe.